How you road to growth listeners. Today we have Crystal Sanford. She is the owner of Sanford Autism Consulting. In this podcast, she kind of goes over what brought her into the platform. She was a speech pathologist uh, for a little while, slowly expanded into the autism realm. When she was at her lowest point uh, with cancer, she had to leave her job. So a lot of stuff going on. At that point in time, she started her own business. She built out this this platform, fighting through being very introvert and really fighting to be an extrovert in networking, building her business. If you know someone that's autistic, maybe you're you're an introvert and you're trying to find a ways to get out of your comfort zone. I mean, take a listen to this. Please share. Please subscribe. And, of course, tell your friends. Thanks, everyone. Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Thank you, Crystal, for uh, being here. So... You run uh, the company, or you're the owner of the company of uh, Sanford Autism Consulting. I mean, walk me through, like, what you do on, on a daily basis, uh, a weekly basis, so on and so forth. So, uh, first of all, thank you for having me here. Um, so, what I do on a weekly basis, it really varies. I uh -huh. offer a variety of services through my company. Uh, my main uh, service that I offer for uh, families is uh, special education advocacy. So, for parents who have children with special needs and those children are attending public school, I help those parents to navigate and I really try to be the bridge between parents and the school system. So I help them understand their special education plan. I help them to um, ask uh, really inquisitive questions and try to help resolve issues that they've been having with their kids' school. So we were talking about beforehand, there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, probably most people um, aren't aware of that goes into um, autism, right? Mm -hmm. Like the food mm -hmm. that t comes in there. Mm -hmm. You know, there's even like what special needs classes and what's the process of getting getting your child into those special needs classes do you do you know the insights of that oh yes definitely and and i do help parents from um especially a lot of them have been preschool parents okay. whose child is just entering public schools and so um for those kiddos they might or might not already have a plan in place for special education but if not um, i teach parents how to ask the team for an initial assessment so that the team can uh, decide and find out if where the child is eligible for special education. And then I help parents to understand all those tests and words and you know, acronyms that they're not familiar with. It's like learning another language. Huh. Um, and then I uh, attend the meeting with them, or that first meeting, and then I help walk them through uh, an analyzing and auditing that IEP, that, that plan, to make sure that everything that, that their child needs is in there. Hmm. And then I help them um, to, con to at the end sign and give consent to that document. And that gives the school, releases them to uh, provide special ed for that child. So, I mean, like we talked about before, you know, I have a cousin that has two kids that are autistic and one's um, fa fairly high on the autistic mm -hmm. scale and the other mm -hmm. one's fairly low. I mean, I never even asked, how, do, how does that come about? How do you know your, your child might be autistic? Mm -hmm. That's a great question because currently the statistics show one in 59 children are being diagnosed with autism by age eight. Wow. 
So, and, and we're talking about just astronomically how that rate has increased. Um, so how would you know? I mean, for example, a child who's mildly on the spectrum would say um, there's um, categorically three levels of autism. So level one would be our kiddos who used to be referred to as Asperger's or high functioning. Um, and then level two is kind of middle of the road. And then uh, level three would be our kids who are more impacted. Maybe they are nonverbal. Maybe they're not toilet trained. Maybe they're significantly impacted by autism. So, um, but the hallmark signs are there's an impact to communication. So the child's that really struggling to communicate their wants and needs and ideas. There's a struggle in behavior. The child has some behavior issues and repetitive behaviors. Maybe, I mean, more obvious, like they line things up in a certain way all the time. Instead of playing with toys, they organize or line them up. Um, you'll see that when kiddos are, are little. Um, but for maybe a girl, because the rates for girls, um, it's four to one, boys to girls for, with autism. Wow. So there could be a girl with autism, but it doesn't look as obvious because girls tend to, to mask it better. So they're not lining up cars, you know, like boys are, but they have maybe 75 Barbie dolls because they're just obsessive about that thing. And they like to, um, they use a big, they have a big imagination. For our kids who are verbal, they may be hyperverbal and they may have ginormous vocabularies, but they only like to talk about what they like to talk about. And having a conversation with them is like talking to a wall because all they do is talk about their preferred thing and they don't have that reciprocity of engaging you and what your thoughts are and your ideas. Wow. So for every four boys yep. with autism, there's only one girl. One girl. girl. Yeah. Yep. Wow. And, and then you're all saying one out of 15 kids? 59. Oh, 59 kids. 59 kids. Has, is, is autistic. By age eight. Wow. So has that changed over the years? Has that grown? Do we... It's grown. It's grown uh, astronomically. It, they're used. To, I mean, I've been a speech pathologist for over 20 years yeah. now, and I can remember having. I remember like the first kid that we that somebody said had autism, and it was just so new. And we're talking about in the 90s um, to right now, 50 percent, 40 to 50 percent of the kids I see have autism to some degree. Wow. Either high or or middle of the road or, or pretty impacted. So. Um, and is it? I'm assuming. Finding out early that your kid might yeah, be autistic yeah. helps out in the growth. And yeah, definitely important. So many of those strategies and getting those behaviors, um, getting kids to learn the expectations and, and teach them. And that early intervention is what they've seen has proven to um, help these children have the most uh, successful life and when they get older. So you've got to really address it. If you can identify addressing it early really helps that, that treatment early. So, so walk us through what got you into this path. So I, I always I always love helping people. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a teacher, or and then I thought oh, I want to be a writer, I want to be an illustrator. Um, and then I said, well, I don't want to be a teacher because I don't want to deal with a classroom full of kids like all day long. That'll be too much. Um, so halfway through um, undergrad, I discovered the field of speech pathology, and I thought, wow, like this is a cool job. I could do this. I could work with a group of kids, and I could have that teacher schedule where you're off in the summer. That yeah. sounded really nice. I thought, oh, I could have a family, and 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 I, that would work because you're out when school you know hours are out. So I became a speech pathologist, and um, I did that. I've grown up in L.A., so I worked in L.A. Unified in Long Beach, and then I moved here to San Diego uh, 15 years ago. And so I just have continued being a speech pathologist, and I just have gained this big interest and passion to help the kiddos that I've been serving who have autism. And um, 
soon after I got married, had kids, and then um, my daughter at three and a half was diagnosed with autism. Surprise. Um, and I knew something was going on. I think uh, we talked about this at about 17 months. I had a suspicion that something was going on because she, she like a lot of these kiddos, you know, high functioning, they call, um, she was so verbal and she knew letters and sounds and she had such academic interest and memory for that stuff. But she walked late. She had fine motor challenges and she would repeat a lot of things from TV verbatim. Oh, wow. And that was a sign for me. So she was diagnosed finally at three and a half. And um, I had had some other challenges uh, right around that same time. I had was diagnosed with cancer at the wow. same time. My dad died. All of these things happened at the same time. And that was in 2014. And my husband had been telling me, you know, you should just start your own business. You should just do that. He'd been saying that for a while. So once all these issues happened and I found myself off work and kind of dealing with all these things at once, I said, you know what? I feel like now's the time. Okay. So, okay, so your your child, you just found out your child was autistic. Mm-hmm. You just found out you had cancer. Mm-hmm. You lost your job. My dad. Huh? My father. Oh, father lost his job. No, he died. Okay. He, he died right at that same time. Your father died? Yep. Okay. And um, you lost your job. Well, so, being that I couldn't work, I had to, because of the from. cancer treatment, I had to, I couldn't work. Okay, so I mean, it seems like a pretty bad situation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So perfect time to start your own company. I mean, you know what? When life gives you lemons, you turn it into a lemonade stand, and that's what I thought. I said, you know what? I can't go back to. I mean, I, I once I was healthy enough, I knew I, I could go back to work, but I didn't want to go back to work like I was. I had been a supervisor. I had been working crazy hours. I had two little kids at that time, and I just knew I didn't want to work and live that kind of life. I want to do something that really matters, and being a parent now with a child with autism and a child with special needs, I knew that navigating special education is just ridiculously scary and, and hard, and if I hadn't been, already been a uh, educator, I would have been just dumbfounded and not not knowing what to do. And I said, I bet there's just a way for me to turn this into a business and help other parents. And that's kind of where it got started. So how did you get going? How did you did you start the business? What was the first thing you did? Uh, first thing I did, wow, I think it was uh, business name and just kind of figuring that out and deciding what I wanted to do with that. Um, got a few business cards, started telling my family and made an email list of basically family and friends, you know, and said, this is what I'm going to be doing. And um, it kind of grew from there. I started um, offering events at the library for free mm. for families. I thought maybe that was a way to reach them. Um, I also partnered with another uh, professional in the neighborhood who's an ADHD specialist. Mm. So we started offering some things together. Um, and then a neighbor of mine had a kid with autism that I met. And she said, you know, look at my IEP. It's the individual education plan. Look at my special ed plan. Can you give me some tips and some help? And so she really became the first client I ever had that I supported through through that process. So, I mean, I can see someone that that has maybe on the higher end of the spectrum with autism mm-hmm. is, okay, well, I need help, right? Yeah. And, the, and that's where you reach out to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually people... If they feel there's not a, a true issue, it seems like they well out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least from the outside looking in, I see that with like people that do their taxes sure. or do like you know all those kind of different mm-hmm. things. <clears throat> so that had to be tougher getting people with those kind of things where maybe their child was mildly autistic mm-hmm. but still doable mm-hmm. to reach out and and 
ask for your help. Mm-hmm. Has that been? You know, I want to say that there are, um, there's a lot of networking and a lot of supports around autism in San Diego. And so being a part of those as a parent, I've met parents that way. And, and I just share my story. I share my story. I share my daughter's story about how, you know, at three and a half, she started services. And um, even though she was mildly impacted because she started those services, I feel like that's why right now she's able to be in regular class with, the, with regular kids. She gets a small amount of support in the classroom. But besides that, she's, she's really navigating pretty well. Oh, nice. And I think that that, that kind of helps open the eyes of parents to see, well, maybe there is more. Maybe there is more support that my kid can have because mm-hmm. – I mean, more is not, you know, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It really helps them for the future. So how did you uh, start figuring out your, your price scale of knowing, okay, I'm going to charge this for helping out. How do you, I'm going to charge this. Like, was that something? That was so tricky and, and still is uh, something that I, I kind of have to wrap my brain around. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was uh, talking to somebody about this earlier this week about, I think as women especially, we don't always... We want, we want to help. We yeah. want to help. We want to support. So, you know, we feel we find it hard to charge probably what we're really worth. And I know that women in the in the marketplace, you know, we don't make as much as men. But I think a part of that is we don't um, put ourselves out there as as the experts as men do and charge the rates that we probably should. I mean, that first client that I had that was a neighbor, like I charged her like seventy five dollars. I mean, yeah. like I didn't know, you know. Um, I just thought, well, I have to charge her something, you know. Um, and I've come a long way with that. I've had great people. Another lady who was one of your guests was Barbara, mm-hmm. um, um, and so she's a business coach, and she really talked to me about Crystal. You know, what you you've gained is valuable. You have experience, you have uh, you know degrees, and you have uh, life lessons that you've learned, and and you deserve to be compensated for that. So I've, I've come, come far in that. So now I've developed packages that parents can pay for the package, and then I give them all the supports they need within that package. I mean, I think the biggest thing, because I, I have relatives. I have, I have one relative that helps the kids in the community. He's an ex-boxer, mm-hmm. and he helps the kids in the community so they oh, can get off the streets and so on and so, so forth. Wonderful. The thing is, is he charged basically nothing, yeah, right? I know. And, and so it's a, he's he, his his. The company is like kind of going down. The, he's basically working for free, right? Right. And so it's like, well, you can't sustain that yep. over time. It's mm-hmm. going to be a, a burnout. Mm-hmm. So you have to charge something just for sustainability yes. and to be able to offer that for the next person that needs and the next yes. person that needs it. And so that becomes, I think, that balancing act of mm-hmm. not asking maybe for too much, but sure. also asking enough to survive and, and offer this to more people. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's really, I mean, you want to give, you want to help the community, but you're right. There is a place where you have to realize that, you know, you have overhead and, and you, what you've learned and the experience you've gained is valuable. Yeah. And, and I know, uh, in talking with Barbara, she talks about, and my husband's told me the same thing. If you see a pair of shoes that cost $20 and you see the same pair of shoes for a hundred, which pair of shoes do you think going to think is more valuable? It's that hundred dollar pair, even though it's the same shoe. Why? Because that cost makes you think that that's more valuable. Well, you, even if you see it where it's like, that's why you see those places that are 80% off yeah. and it's like $200, uh-huh. but we're going to only offer you to a $40 today. So they're like, Oh my yeah. God, I'm wow. going to get a steal. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> that totally changes your thinking about it. Right? Yeah. So yeah, I know how your cousin feels, but, but um, yeah, but you've got to realize like, what what are you giving up yeah. to take that time and space to help that person? Like you're giving up time with your kids, you're giving up, you know, whatever, and you've got overhead. You really have to account for all those things. And people want to do that. Like you, 
you have something that's very helpful for people and they they want to pay you for that they pay for everything else why should they not pay for that service yeah exactly yeah what uh what do you think maybe like one or two uh hurdles you've had to kind of work on over the years Wow. I think the first one is coming out of my shell and mm. having to be, I, I can think about some of those first networking events I've been at. Mm. Like I have had to put myself out there and be able to explain what I do and, uh, and really get social and, and, and get, um, very collaborative with people. And that's just not, not by nature, by nature. I'm a more introverted person, but, um, I had to learn that really quick that um, people need to hear your story. And even if they're not the person that is your target market, they might know someone who is. So it's really meaningful to share who you are and to, and to be collaborative with other people. You know, it's funny. I, I feel your pain. I'm, I'm not a true extrovert. Yeah. And so I don't go to a lot of the networking events, <laughs> yeah. but being in the real estate field, right? You, you, have, you have to. Like yeah. I can cold clock and door knock and do all that stuff. Sure. But then at the end of the day, it's almost like I'm, I have a candle and mm-hmm. I'm lighting it up. <laughs> and I go, okay, I just need to, to recharge this candle yes. for the next day. Yeah. And just... Yeah back to my safe space and yes. then start it again next right. yeah so, i totally yeah. totally feel so it. do you feel like you've gotten uh stronger by like from the first networking event to oh, this one okay yeah I, I i feel like i've definitely um i've kind of pushed myself to to do that more and to be better at it and something i did do was i gone to a lot of score meetings okay yeah. yeah familiar with that group and um where they kind of teach you about how to make your elevator pitch, you know, and mm. how to how to practice in a smaller group, and so um, those kind of things have helped along the way. So, can we, can we get a, a little spill of your elevator pitch? <laughs> oh wow! Let's see. Um, so I'm Crystal Sanford of Sanford Autism Consulting. I am your California Autism and IEP advocate, and I help parents to persistently pursue what is best for their child in the public school system. Oh my gosh! That was like, oh, we'll, we'll we'll see, and then boom. <laughs> Life goes on. I mean, <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's true for for most people. It's like you need to work on it. If there's something you're weak on, yep. don't put it in the closet. Yes. Work on it and get yeah. better at it. Because yeah. you could tell right there that you've done that yeah. a good amount of yeah. times that yeah. you're on the spot. Yeah. What uh, what are some other hurdles you think you've had to kind of work on over the years? Um, another one is uh, the money. Like you said, the pricing mm. that's been an issue that I'm continuing to work on. I'm, I'm actually shifting my uh, programs that I offer in my pricing for January 2020 okay. um, as a result um, so that I can create a space where I can uh, full-time work in my business because I do still work a traditional job as well oh nice okay what um, do you have an idea of when you when you hope to transition out of the traditional business or uh, next year is my goal okay so uh, next year would be the last year that I would work my traditional job so so when you were had to quit your job, right? Because you're helping your father, right? Just right during that time. Well, I, because I was sick, I couldn't work, so okay. I was off. Okay, so you're time. sick, yeah. and so you couldn't work, mm-hmm. and then you started your business. Mm-hmm. How long into starting your business did you bring on a, a um, another job to kind of offset your income? Um, oh gosh, oh, that's a good question. So while I was out sick, I was recovering and just trying to do like groundwork of putting papers together and, and uh, business name and that kind of stuff. And then maybe about nine months okay. after I was well enough to work again. Was there a point in time where you thought about, oh, I'm just going to go focus all my attention on this, this company compared to starting a um, work again? Mm-hmm. Yes, that was my, 
in my heart, I would have loved to have done that. I would have loved to have not gone back to my traditional job, but with the issues of my health, mm-hmm. I really, honestly, I needed that insurance that yeah. my traditional job offers, you know? So um, that's what encouraged me to get back into that job. You know? Do, have you ever thought about, or was there ever a time? Because I know sometimes when you have that, that set income right there, that it makes it sometimes harder yeah. to kind of push for uh, a career, your business. Was there ever a time you just wanted to give up basically your your company and say, I'm just going to focus on the career I have right now? Yes. <laughs> I actually felt that way, gosh, where was I earlier this year? I think it was around uh, April or May. I said, you know what, I'm just going to put my business on hold, you mm. know, and just work my traditional job, save up some more money so that I've got a, a better nest egg and then get back into my business. But for the, yeah, I'm just gonna leave it. Um, but then what happens, another parent will call me, you know, and, and then it just reminds me, because I said, and my husband said, you know, like when you, when, the, when you lose the passion for it, then maybe it's something that you need to kind of put away. And so in my mind, I was like, you know, financially it's just a better thing for me to do, put my business on hold and, and do this. But then when that parent calls me, and I start working with them, that fire just comes back and I realized, you know what, this is what I've been meant, this is what I'm meant, meant to do. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, what, uh, if, if you could look back maybe at your younger self, kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, you know, teenager, whatever it might be, <laughs> what what kind of advice do you think you'd give that person to the, to the person you are today? Wow, I think one, a bit of advice would be, um, not to listen to other people so much. Mm. I think of just a part of my nature, personality, I don't know. Um, I, I listen to other people, I, I seek other people's advice sometimes, and maybe my husband will say this too, that maybe I just need to go with my gut more often. Mm. You know, if there's something that, that I enjoy, if something that I'm passionate about, uh, go with that. Yeah. Go with that and try it, and if it fails, it fails, if not, if not, but, but don't, um, don't not do something just because maybe somebody said it might not work or the what ifs. Like, don't listen to the what ifs. Well, it sounds like you have a pretty good support system with your husband. I mean, it sounds like <laughs> I you know, he, he's helped you, you know, with the career. He's helped yeah. you kind of push off the bad thoughts. And yeah. I think that's, I mean, I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there that don't have any anyone that can, right. can offer that that kind of guidance and, and you have two good people. You have uh, him and, and Barbara, it <laughs> yeah. sounds like. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've been great. Yeah, they often counter each other. Barbara will say, give your husband a high five. Is that, I, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's definitely it's definitely tough. I've been in those moments before where you listen to outside mm-hmm. people and, and you, so if you take it in, you're like, well, they haven't walked my shoes. They don't right. know exactly what I'm looking. So you almost have to just be confident in, in what you're looking to do and have that game plan. Yep. Yeah, and, and trust that. Yeah, yeah. trust that. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, sometimes you have to have that model, that image of who you want to be mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and be aware that you're walking that path. And, and sometimes you're going to have those those times where you fall down. But sure. as long as you keep moving forward, yeah. that's all that matters. That's all that matters, yeah. What, what, talking about moving forward, what uh, what do you plan to do next? Where's, where's your company going? So, um, as I mentioned, I do plan to, um, hopefully by the end of next year, be full-time in the business. Okay. Um, this year, actually, I am for the first time offering conferences to uh, families, and I got I was able to get a contract with the county to be able to do that. Oh, nice. So now families can come to my conferences for free, oh. and there'll be three of them this year. So. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. How would people find about upcoming conferences, find about your, your company? 
Um, I have everything on my website. Okay. And so that's found at um, SD, like San Diego, SD Autism Help. Okay. .com. And so on my events page, you can find out about all of the upcoming events that I have. Uh, there'll be three conferences this year all about special education, and I'm teaching parents um, a kind of a DIY, how to do your own advocacy. And that'll be January, April, and August. Oh, perfect. So they'll find it there. Well, th I appreciate you being on the, the, the platform. Yeah, you know, I, you so I, I love all the information you provide, and hopefully everyone listening, I mean, got a lot of information maybe you might know someone's autistic i was so mm -hmm. shocked with the idea of that there's so many yeah. uh what do you say one out of 59 one out of 59 wow yeah. and and for for every four boys mm -hmm. there's one female man those statistics right there i mean just shocking but mm -hmm. yeah so hopefully everyone listening got some great information got some great insight mm -hmm. please share please subscribe tell your friends and and crystal okay. thank you again for being on the platform thank you so much for having me <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.